This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. Uh This Monday afternoon, let's take one final look at Friday night's win against Navy and put that one to bed. Uh, I think the biggest thing is SMU won. Um, you know, I know there's a little bit of talk about how and uh, some things that happened during the game uh, that can be picked on or picked apart, but I think the biggest thing coming into this game, and everybody pretty much knew it, was win. I, I, I don't know that there was much caring about how SMU won or uh, how good they looked doing it. They just needed to win. Uh, and that's what they came out and did. Uh, and I think they did it in a fashion that showed a little bit of grit and showed a little bit of tenacity against a good Navy team. Look, this is not the Navy team of years past. Uh, they had a really good game against Tulsa coming into it. So they've shown that they can do what they've done in the past. Uh, they haven't shown the consistency to do it, but that's still not a bad Navy football team uh, that certainly doesn't quit, and they showed it. Um, I think one of my biggest things is SMU um, first-half offense uh, does continue to just uh, struggle just enough to, to keep games closer than it really should be. Um, you know, to only have 13 points in the first half uh, I think was, again, disappointing the way that they played most of the first half. Um, you know, I think having to uh, settle for uh, the one field goal, the other field goal was just a really nice uh, nice long career high kick for the freshman Colin Rogers. Um, I think the other one probably should have been a touchdown. I think he should have been sitting at seven, at least 17 uh, nothing when Navy scores that touchdown at the end of the first half. Um you know, again, you'd like to, to finish the first half stronger and at least hold them to a field goal there maybe or even nothing at all if possible, depending on how Navy plays it. Um, but giving up the seven there was tough, especially when you only had 13. And now you're going in to halftime only up one score with Navy getting the ball to start the second half. It's a familiar story. It's exactly what happened uh, against UCF the week before. Except this time the defense comes out and gets a three and out stop, forces the punt. SMU gets the ball back, but wait, they didn't. Um, by letter of the law, that is the right call. Um, the play with an inadvertent whistle, a penalty is enforced the way it would be enforced. <coughs> Doesn't make a ton of sense to enforce a penalty during a play that never happened, um, but it was just a couple pieces of, of bad timing and bad luck. The fact that they ruled that the holding occurred before the ball was kicked, which is why it would be from the original line of scrimmage as opposed to a 10-yard penalty 
after SMU would have gotten the ball, in which case I do not believe the penalty would have ended up being enforced because it would have been enforced after the play in the play that didn't happen. Because it happened during a play that didn't happen, it was enforced. Uh, and, of course, um, you know they get a big run right after that, score a touchdown three plays after that, and take the lead. Um, I think it's where you saw a little bit from Tanner Mordecai uh, to say, nope, not not again, not this time. We've, we've seen this movie. We didn't like this movie. We're not watching it again. Uh, because that next drive that he just came out, um, just, I mean, just look at the drive. I mean, kickoff is returned to the 31-yard line. Tanner throws a nine-yard pass to Rashi, and then it's his 60-yard touchdown run. Uh, that was just a great play. Um, I think everyone in the world uh, thought TJ McDaniel had that ball. Uh, just a great job of, of selling the fake, a great job of pulling it uh, on the read, where he obviously saw a hole that didn't end until he got to the end zone, and then showed off a little bit of that athletic ability um, that I think has maybe been questioned or not known. But, I mean, he does have the ability to run the ball, uh, it, it might not be to where it gets designed as much as it would be if, say, a Preston Stone uh, was taking SMU snaps, but he he can give you something like that a game. You don't want him to be your leading rusher in the game. That's something we'll get to in a minute. But, you know, I, I think that was just a uh, a statement by Tanner that was, nope, we're, we're getting this lead right back. We're not We're not living that same story. Then you get the defense coming through. I still, I've watched the replay a few times. I still don't know how exactly the fumble happened. I don't know if it wasn't a great exchange, but man, Jaden Jones just bear hugs the guy and the ball's on the turf. Uh, Nick Roberts, who I think has continued to have a really good season, uh, falls on it. Uh, next thing you know, SMU's in the end zone again. Um, you know, uh, 26 yard, a short field, you know, that's, that's, what's been missing these last couple games, uh, is just that quick turnover, a short field that makes things easy on the offense from the defense. I think the defense has played really well, uh, at, for most of the last few games, but not turning the ball over, uh, not forcing those turnovers, uh, just hasn't given things easy necessarily to the offense. That's what they did right there. They gave it easy. Tanner almost had a, his second rushing touchdown of the game, uh, TJ McDaniel uh, finishes it up. And all of a sudden, it's now a a 12-point game. There's a little bit of of that. And then, boom, just kind of right back to it. Um, a nice defensive stand um, with some, some nice work. You know, again, uh, the defense just kind of got after them, especially when the game was in the balance. They force the punt, and then it's a two-play drive. You get the the really nice 47-yard pass to Mucci, um, which I think is the style of play they think Mucci can run right now and what they want him to run. I would still like to get him more involved, uh, especially with some of these injuries and everything, because I think he has the talent. Um, but if you're going to kind of maybe get one or two uh, big plays out of him, good plays out of him, 
Uh, it's nice that one of them goes for 47. Then welcome back, Jordan Curley, showing what he can do is Tanner just kind of slings it out to him, and he tiptoe dances, sprints down the sideline for the touchdown. All of a sudden, it's a 19-point game, and you're feeling pretty good going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, they trade the touchdowns. You know, you get the uh, – I really liked it, uh, the, the Roderick Daniels touchdown. You know, for a guy who's been through as much as he has the last couple of weeks of, of losing his father – of maybe making a quick rash decision of wanting to be somewhere else for whatever reason um, when all that's going on to then, you know, kind of be, be man enough to say, Nope, I made a, uh, a quick reaction that probably wasn't the best decision. Um, I'd like to stay. Uh, and then for, for him to be rewarded for that with a, a nice play. And again, showing what he can do. It was another one of those plays kind of got it to him in space and, he made a couple defenders miss, stayed on his feet, and and got into the end zone. So it's forty to twenty with eight and a half left. Game over. Celebrate now. I know Navy scored two more touchdowns. One with two thirty left. One with nine seconds left. Ends up only being a six point win. I don't care. I'm just gonna say that I do not care. They won the game. That's what mattered. Um. When you play Navy, I think, and as good as the defense looked through most of it, you know, I mean, they're they're going to break a play here or there. That's just what they're they're built to do. Um, well, no, they're going to make a player that here or there just because that's what's going to happen. What they're built to do is what they did in those last two drives, which is take a completely worn down defense and go for two yards, three yards, four yards, six yards pop an eight yarder, then three yards, then one yard, then two yards, then six yards. And that's kind of what they were able to do. Um, and just wear the defense down. They ran 101 plays offensively. They were on the field for over 40 minutes offensively. That means the defense lined up against 101 plays and was on the field for 40 minutes. Um, if the game isn't maybe already in hand, are some things maybe done differently, played differently? Probably. Um, both offensively and defensively. You know, do you not... I mean, what, after Navy scored that touchdown, you get uh, minus four yards, minus three yards, three yards, and you punt on fourth and 14, and you only took a minute eight off the clock there um, between those touchdowns. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, if it's a closer game... Do you maybe run a little bit more of your style offense to try and get a first down, force those timeouts, force the clock to bleed a little bit? Probably. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we'll we'll never know. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with what happened. You know, I think their last touchdown. Look, if you felt good about SMU and Stone getting that last second touchdown at UCF. You can't really be upset about Navy going for that touchdown with nine seconds left. Um, you just kind of have to take it for what you you will. You'll take it for a 60-minute game. SMU wins. That's what, what matters. Um, there are a few nuts and bolts that we will get into in just a minute uh, after this quick break. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. Let's break down a couple things good and a couple things bad from this Navy game before we put it to bed and really get into Cincinnati week. Um, a quick look at red zone offense. SMU goes two of two. Um, touchdown and a field goal. Again, I, I feel like that should have been two touchdowns. Um, it obviously didn't hurt him. Getting a red zone touchdown was nice. Um, but even that, you know, once Tanner had that ball really first in goal from the half yard line, maybe even closer, you get a, a fumbled snap, backs you up a little bit. You get a, you know, short run that doesn't get into the end zone. And then finally TJ pushes it in. There's still some red zone stuff there that I would like to to look a lot better um but at the end of the day they got a result they got the touchdown that they needed right there really when they needed it um and that was nice to see um rushing the ball uh running the ball has been an issue all season it can be taken 20 different ways you know because I mean you can look at it and you can say well SMU averaged five yards a carry well sure but your starting running back, who was TJ McDaniel in this game, had four attempts for no yards. You know, Kamar Wheaton, who's this five-star that everybody's kind of been waiting to to be unleashed, only carries the ball three times for five yards, and that was with a four-yard carry. Um, want to give a ton of credit uh, Tyler Levine. I mean, he's a guy that has been completely out of the rotation uh, for the last few weeks. You know, he gets put in there, six carries, 28 yards, had that 11-yard run. Um, you know, he's a guy that you just – you see at practice, he's working hard. He's on special teams. You know, he he, he does a lot of things. And so that was just kind of nice to see from a – I like the way that guy works. Nice to see him rewarded a little bit. Um, and then Tanner's your leading rusher at quarterback with, with 74 yards on six carries and the touchdown. Um, this is not – a team or quarterback that uh, you want your quarterback leading you in rushing. Um, you know, I know Trey's been, Trey Siggers has been dealing with injuries. Obviously, he was out completely. We still never got really a full answer on what kept, kept Velton Gardner out of the game. He was fully dressed. He went through warm-ups um, anytime, and he stayed dressed through the game, um, but he never seemed to have his helmet with him. 
so it never seemed like he was actually going to get into the game. Uh, that's something we'll try and, and keep an eye on this week. My biggest thing is if you don't have Trey and you don't have Velton, you've got to get Kamar involved more. Um, I think what TJ has done coming back from that injury, the way he's come back from that injury, the fact that he's able to do much of anything at all on the football field is impressive. Um, I just talked about how much I like Levine, um, but but that can't be your one-two punch uh, in this league at running back. You've got to have something uh, else there. And, uh, and we'll see what that ends up being this week. I thought Velton was coming off a really good first half. Uh, against UCF, um, and then obviously doesn't play this past week. Um, I do also think there are some offensive line issues. Look, the offensive line wasn't necessarily a strong suit coming into the season. Um, You then add in that the last two weeks you've taken Jalen Thomas and you've thrown him in at right tackle to replace Owen Condon. Owen comes back this week. Now you have to throw him at left tackle uh, to replace Marcus Bryant. Um, you know, that doesn't allow a lot of things to stay the same at the point of attack where you're trying to run block and protect your passer and do all of those things. Um, I don't know if any of those injury issues will force any kind of movement on the line, even when everybody is healthy. You know, I don't know if there's a look that, that they look at any film and say, man, when, when JT was was at right tackle, we were really able to do A, B, and C. Maybe that's something we look at moving forward. Or with so-and-so at, you know, filling in for JT at guard, man, he really looked good there. Does that then make our best five with him there? You know, there's just, there's a lot of moving parts in a in a position where you don't really want there to be. You, you want that stability. I mean, I think anytime you watch a game on Sunday, you know, anytime they talk about how many different offensive starting lines a team has, you can pretty much bet their record's going to be under 500. And anytime they're talking about the consistency of offensive line, you can probably bet they've got a, a pretty good record. Um, so I just like, in those two spots, I just like to see them kind of have a running back that they either shows them that he can handle being kind of a feature back type guy or that they just do it and they say, look, we need a feature type guy. Today it's going to be you. We're going to give you the lion's share of the carries. And uh, we're going to have to have to just ride you a little bit. I'd like to see Kamar get more involved. Um, at this point of the season, I would like to think that he's healthy enough. I'd like to think that he knows at least enough plays in the playbook to give him a drive or two. Um, and just let some of that talent and God-given ability stand out there a little bit um and we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens from there i will say real quick you know smu ran 48 plays so when, when you when you do also talk about the the rushing attack i mean you had 21 carries for 105 yards that's well below what they've done uh carry wise this season um i think that could maybe be the game that breaks Tanner Mordecai out of this little, and I don't even really want to call it a slump because he hasn't played bad, but maybe kind of breaks him out of of the fog a little bit and maybe gives him something moving forward because it was just a night where a lot of things, he just did a lot of things well. 
He did a lot of things well within the confines of a given play, and he did a lot of things well uh, with some decision-making and making some things happen. You know what? I mean, 20 receptions to nine different receivers and a couple of those, you know, you, you have the, the Teddy Knox uh, little inside toss jet flip that uh, he slips and falls and loses three yards on um, in there too. But, I mean, you look at what he's able to do. Goffney, four for 116. Rasheed, three for 74. Curley, three for 62. Dixon, two for 44. I mean, you're looking at guys that there's some depth there. They've, they're now showing they can do it in a game. That might be something that really pushes this a little bit. I think the fact that Goffney had the game that he did out of that slot spot um, shows that he can fill that gap that's left by Jake Bailey. Because, man, after that, uh, you know, after Jake Bailey's first real game where you just saw him take off and then for him to be hurt, you really felt like, man, what's what are they going to do there? Well, I think I think Dylan Goffney has said, I, I got you. Again, Navy's defense isn't the best SMU will play all year, but what they do is they limit your number of plays. And so to do that with maybe half the plays that you've been running still shows an ability to, to do some of those things. Um, you know, I mentioned his long field goal. Colin Rogers continues to be a nice bright spot. Uh, you know, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been this unfazed by point afters and mid-range field goal kicking uh, where you just kind of felt like he's going to go out there and, and get the job done. And there have been some years recently where each point after is an adventure. And uh, I think it says a lot that he's done a really nice job of making that just kind of a, an afterthought, which uh, point afters should be. Um, you know, I know special teams brought up on the message board to bring up um, a couple different things. I think mostly people liked the fact that kickoffs were going through the back of the end zone again. I don't know if they were that much deeper than they've been in previous weeks. Navy's certainly a team that's not going to take the risk of running a ball out from five to eight yards deep that a TCU or UCF uh, might take a, a chance on uh, like they have. Uh, but it was good to see uh, Hall consistently get those to the back of the end zone. Um, Bujewski didn't have a punt inside the 20 but he did have a a 54 yarder and his you know averaged 47.3 I think those have been have been strong points um you know and I think this was just kind of the game SMU needed to just get back on track to just not you know there's not that little cloud of three straight losses hanging over their head um I think they've handled themselves pretty well through that losing streak I think they probably would have continued to handle it well I think it's really really good that we don't have to see what this team would look like after uh, four straight losses going into the Cincinnati game um, 
But I think overall, I think you have to feel like you got what you wanted to get out of the Navy game. And mostly, at the end of the day, number one was get a win. And that's what this group did. They did it with some some fight and some tenacity. Um, so a quick uh, shout again to strength and conditioning coach uh, Sean Griswold. It was his 150th career win as a head strength and conditioning coach. And, uh, you know, I think on, on the defensive side, you saw some of those things that he made them go through this summer, both physically and mentally, uh, that I think kind of shined through and, and helped the defense really stand up tall when, when it needed to. Um, and then we'll see about this weekend. It's homecoming, 11 a.m. kickoff. It is what it is. You know, I, I think if you asked anybody uh, in the SMU administration, they would say they'd prefer a, a later kickoff for homecoming, so the parade's not at 8 a.m. Um, again, um, that's not their call. Uh, the people at ESPN make those decisions, and they threw it at 11. Um, so you just got to show up and play. Hopefully can take some good things from this game. Hopefully can maybe look at some things that USF did against Cincinnati uh, two weeks ago. Because, yes, of course, uh, SMU is playing a team that had a week off uh, to prepare, which does seem a little bit like a theme this week. But look, uh, look at Vegas. This game opens up as a, as a three-point game uh, in the odds, and that's a, a Cincinnati team that has just dominated the last two meetings. They see it as a three-point game. Um, we'll get into how I see it and some of the nuts and bolts of it all later this week, uh, but enjoy the win. You know, I, there's always going to be stuff to nitpick. Uh, enjoy the win. Uh, the Mustangs are now one-on-one -on -one in conference. They're 3-3 three three overall, and uh, number 21 Cincinnati comes to Ford Stadium, 11 a.m. Saturday. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Be sure to subscribe to 24-7 and PonyStampede.com. Get in on the conversation. Um, new thoughts, new ideas are always welcome on the board. Uh, things have... Uh, have a chance to get a little testy there's a little little back and forth every now and again that that gets going a little bit but for the most part everybody's there because they want this team and this program and the school to do well and there are just a couple different ways people see that that happening but that's fun so uh get in on that join the conversation uh stay up to date with stories that are coming throughout the week message boards uh, game threads, everything. Uh, you won't want to miss it for the rest of the season. So make sure you've got your subscription to 24-7 Sports and Pony Stampede up to date. And we'll see you on the message boards. Bye. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.